You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about rebound headaches or rebound migraines. Title of this episode is Help! I'm in Rebound. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Yeah, doing good. I was just asking you right before this, what exactly is a rebound? Because I think you could misunderstand what that means really easily. Mm-hmm, for sure. And this is something that sort of sends shivers down the spine of a chronic migraine <laughs> sufferer. Yeah. Rebound, right? So we get into a rebound state when we take a migraine abortive medication and the migraine comes back. And so then we said, well, let me take another one. Mm-hmm. And then the migraine comes back. So now we, now we got to take another one, right? Mm-hmm. So people can get into this rebound state when they use the medication that they were given to get rid of the migraine. Mm. And so rebound headaches or rebound migraines, when you tell your doctor, you know what, I think I'm getting rebound headaches. The doctor will say, well, stop taking your abortive meds. You're taking too many. Mm -hmm. Which is the worst thing to tell someone who is miserable and in pain and can't function. I mean, not saying he's wrong, but that is not what somebody wants to hear when they're desperate and down in bed for days on end. Exactly. Exactly. So Mm. the medication, right? So you're not supposed to take too much medication, right? You're Mm -hmm. not supposed to take too many triptans per week, right? Per Mm -hmm. migraine episode, right? Or you can go into what is called a rebound phenomenon or rebound state. And this is where the, Mm -hmm. the migraine keeps coming back. And now what do mm-hmm. I do? Right. Can I ask another quick question about the meds? Are these also, a lot of them, very addictive or have like high side effects? And is that a concern as well? Where it used to be, I remember we talked about this once, where doctors didn't prescribe enough pain control. And then eventually they got in trouble for not taking care of pain. And then they started over-prescribing. And so... Like now are they kind of in a rock and a hard place on those things? Well, this is actually a different phenomenon. Mm -hmm. No, it's a great question. So rebound headaches or migraines can occur Mm -hmm. with non-narcotic abortives. Excedrin in particular is notorious for causing rebound headaches. And that's aspirin, Tylenol, and caffeine. Right, right. Over-the-counter, right. Certainly, and we will talk about why, if people are taking something like Fioraset, which does have a narcotic in it, again, Fioraset, mm. notorious for causing rebounds. Okay. Mm. So it, it is not uh, necessarily because somebody is taking a narcotic. It can happen mm. with any suppressive medication. Mm. So they don't want you to become dependent 
to the point where if you can't take one, you end up with a rebound mm-hmm. part of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily addicted. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So how do you know you're in rebound? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you know, if, if you have daily pain, you're probably mm-hmm. in rebound. Mm. Um, if you take an abortive medication, whether that's an Excedrin, a Tylenol, an Imitrex, a Ubrelvi, what a Fioraset, whatever it is, some some sort of abortive medication, and it works, but then the pain comes back. Maybe the next day, maybe in six hours. It's sort of like when the medication wears off. Boom! Mm. You're right back where you started. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty close timeline, too, is what I. Like if it came back in a week, that's not necessarily a right. Rebound. That that is unlikely to be a rebound. It it it's going to be sort of like every day. So like with Excedrin, again, notorious medication that can get people into a rebound state. It's like oh boy, I have to take that Excedrin every day by eight in the morning, or I'm going to be in agony. Mm, okay, you can tell I have a lot of like questions about. Rebounds. <laughs> yeah, no, fire away, fire away. But yeah, it, there's, it's not like, oh, I took an Excedrin, the migraine went away for a week. Oh, no, now I have another migraine. That's going to be another migraine flare. This is like, okay, yeah, I, I've had, I've worked with clients. They've had to take Excedrin every six hours. Ooh. Like wake up in the middle of the night at six hours. Okay. Then you are going to be in a rebound situation. Okay. So what will happen is the neurologist will tell people, okay, you don't want to get into a rebound state. You don't want to overuse this medication, right? Mm -hmm. So by the time people have chronic migraines, many times they will have many different abortives. Okay. They Mm -hmm. might have their Imitrex. They might throw some Excedrin that they get at Walgreens in the mix. They might have some Fioraset if things get really out of hand. They might have some like Flexeril, something like that, that they can throw in there, a stronger NSAID that they can throw in sometimes. And so to avoid rebound, what people will do is they will sort of mix up the meds. So they might be mm-hmm. taking something daily, but well, today I'll take the indomethacin and, and then tomorrow I'll take the Imitrax. And then the next day I'll do the Excedrin. They'll kind of rotate things to mm-hmm. try to knock it into this rebound state. And doctors prescribe that many different varieties for one patient. Like that's normal. Oh, Mary. <laughs> Okay, I'm, me and my naive self are going to go sit down. <laughs> you get, Okay, guys, I've admitted I get occasional migraines, but I do not face things to the level of some of our listeners. So yes, thank God. Some of it is normal or, you know, some of it I can relate to, but some of it I'm still like, wow, that's real. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. By the time people get chronic migraines, they might be rotating four to five different abortives throughout the week. And what about the preventatives? Like you've got those involved too, right? Uh, by that time, they're definitely going to be on abortives for sure. Like it just blows my mind. Wow. Yeah. Because once you start taking the maximum amount of abortives per month, 
Once that happens enough, your doctor is going to say, well, we need to go on a preventative, right? Because if you take too much Imitrex, you're going to go into this rebound state. Mm. You know, they don't want that to happen to you. And right. so they said, well, you know, you, you really shouldn't be taking more than eight Imitrex a month. So if if you need more than that on a routine monthly basis, we're going to have to go to a preventative. Mm-hmm. Because mm. when we get into that rebound state, we are continuously chasing the pain, right? right. It's like these, you know, uh, my clients on the Excedrin rebound train. I mean, every six hours, I got to take an Excedrin just just to oh function. Gosh. Yeah. Right? So it's, you know, is it technically an addiction? It's not technically an addiction, but it's kind of kind of like that, right? I mean, really if I've like- got to wake myself up in the middle of the night to get my Excedrin yeah. on board. Because six hours have gone by, right? Yeah. Uh, I may not meet the technical uh, definition of an addiction, but at that point, what's the difference? Right. True. The damage is being done to your body. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when people get into a rebound state, and this is why this word sends shivers down the spine of a chronic migraine sufferer, when people get into a rebound state, and they go into their medical doctor and say, you got to help me. I've been in this flare for six days now. I keep taking the meds and this keeps coming back and I'm about ready to lose my mind. Right. The doctor says, you have to stop taking your abortives. You have to go through a cold turkey withdrawal. Mm. Okay. This is agony. You're looking at about two weeks of hell. Right. To get out of that rebound state. Mm. Okay. So usually the first time somebody is told to do this, they'll say, oh, okay, I guess I have to do that. And it's, it's so, so, so hellish. Right. That there, it's going to be very, very hard for them to do that Mm. ongoing. I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. So many people re- actually reach out to me because they know they're in a rebound state and mm-hmm. they've done a cold turkey withdrawal before and they know how horrible it is and they mm-hmm. don't want to go through that. Do doctors cold turkey stop giving the prescription too, like just to force it on somebody? Well, uh yeah, I mean, they're not going to give you more Imitrex than what's going to be good for you, or at least they shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? So a good doctor is not going to give somebody 36 Imitrex a month. Right. Because if they take it every day, they're going to go yeah. into rebound. Which we do see people quite frequently in the group. I see two camps. One camp is my doctor won't prescribe my medication anymore. And they're very upset. Or the other camp is like, oh, my doctor gives me 30 pills a month. And like, they don't think that's going to be a problem. Right. So you have to appreciate that the the, the bind that the medical doctor is in. Okay? Right. The medical doctor wa- wants you to be happy. I mean, medical doctors don't want people to suffer. They wouldn't have gone into medicine. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And um, they don't want a patient to file a complaint, right? Mm -hmm. They want their patients to be happy. They want their patients to feel good. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got somebody coming in saying, look, you know, eight, nine Imitrex a month is not going to cut it for me. I need more. Well, mm-hmm. okay. It, you know, it's kind of like when you got a three-year-old. Mommy, I want candy. I want more mm-hmm. candy. Well, okay. I can give you candy and prevent the tantrum. Or, mm-hmm. you know, what's really in your best interest, sweetheart, is no more candy today. <laughs> right? Which I personally think the tantrum is the... the- the migraine, not the person throwing. Like, we're not saying you're throwing. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Thank you for, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Right? So, you know, just like mom's a little stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? You know, either I undermine my child's health with a candy or I have to endure a tantrum. Right? The medical doctor says, well, either I, in, you know, endanger the health of my patient or... You know, I don't want people to be mad at me. I don't want a complaint filed, right? The the medical doctor's kind of stuck. Right. Right? And the really, really kind of demoralizing thing that happens to the patient, okay? So, okay, you told me to take this Imitrex. Mm-hmm. You told me to take it as at first sign of a migraine. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I needed to do that a few days in a row because the migraine kept coming back. Mm-hmm. And then now you're sort of, you know, yelling at me. You're sort of chastising me, saying, well, you don't take it so much. Well, what do you right. want me to do? You gave it to me to take when I have a migraine. That's what I did. And now you're kind of chastising me. At first sign, which makes you believe you should take it as quick and soon as possible. Right. Right. So, you know, this is usually pretty irritating for the patient to go in. You know, you gave me this and now you're telling me that I, that I shouldn't, you know, that I overtook it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just frustrating for everybody involved. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is why, Right. The shivers down the spine because in conventional medicine, the only way to get out of a rebound is a cold turkey withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will give people prednisone packs, like a five-day course of prednisone, mm-hmm. to suppress to, because prednisone suppresses everything. Okay, mm-hmm. and so to kind of suppress the rebound, they'll give prednisone for five days. Let's hope we can we can get you through and get you out of this with the help of some prednisone. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when people get really bad into rebound, even the prednisone doesn't work anymore. Mm. Okay. Is that when people end up with the migraine? uh, What do they call that? The cocktail, like in the The ER. Thank you. I had the word and it disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the migraine cocktail is just a, a mixture of abortive medication to try to really overpower the symptoms, usually people will need that type of treatment if they are in rebound. Because when you get into rebound, the migraine symptoms get worse and worse. They get more and more severe. Mm-hmm. So many times, yes, if people are in rebound, that it's the symptoms are going to be so severe that they're going to be driven into the ER and then a lot of ERs will give these migraine cocktails. Some urgent cares will give them, et cetera. But again, when people are in 
a real, real bad rebound, this is when the migraine cocktails stop working. Mm. Right? We have another podcast on why do my medications stop working after a while? Okay? Mm -hmm. The root of what's going on here between rebound and why medication stops working eventually, the root is the same for both. Mm. Okay? So what's really going on here when we get into a rebound state? So the migraine kicks off, right? We experience what I call the uh-oh moment. Uh-oh, something's something's happening here. I can feel it, right? We have that uh-oh moment. If we're taking our medication like we're told to, we get that medication on board right away. Most people actually don't do that. Most people will wait a little bit. Is it really an uh-oh moment or is it a false alarm? Because right? people mm-hmm. don't want to take medication. So most people do not actually take their abortives like the doctor tells them to, okay? Which is actually a good thing, okay? The medical doctors don't say that, but but I do. But in any case, we have that uh-oh moment. It starts to build. We make that decision. You know what? I can see where this train is heading. I'm going to take my abortive. And again, this could be Excedrin. This could be Imitrax. This could be Ubrel-V. This could be Fioraset, right? It doesn't matter what the abortive medication is. Mm-hmm. So what the abortive medication is doing is it is suppressing the symptoms that the body is generating. It's altering the biochemistry and the physiology to interrupt the symptom that the body is generating. Now, that doesn't actually make what the body is doing go away, right? The body is generating the migraine for a reason. We, not, we may not be happy about it, but the body is not generating the migraine because we are broken and defective. The body is generating the symptoms of the migraine for a reason. And so when we interrupt the biochemistry and physiology that the body is using to generate the symptom, the underlying reason why the body was generating the migraine in the first place has not been remedied. We are simply suppressing what the body is trying to do. Now, it doesn't feel that way to us right? To us, it feels like the abortive medication, quote unquote, took my migraine away. Right. Abortive medication never takes migraines away. Mm. It just prevents us from experiencing the symptoms that the body is trying to generate. Mm. Abortive medication never corrects the underlying reason why the body was generating the migraine in the first place. Right. So basically, it's like putting on a blindfold to not being able to see what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. It's still there. Yeah. This is like you're driving your car. Mm -hmm. The check engine light comes on. You say, Mm -hmm. "Uh uh-oh, there's something wrong here. I got a light here alerting me there's a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we take it into the mechanic. And what do we expect the mechanic to do? 
we expect the mechanic to pull the car apart, figure out, okay, what was the issue that triggered the light? Correct Mm -hmm. the issue. Then the light's going to go off. Mm -hmm. Right? What if we took the car into the mechanic and we come back a couple hours later uh, and the mechanic says, yeah, you're good to go. The light's off. The check engine light is not on anymore. Problem solved. Oh, okay. Well, what was the issue? Oh, I don't know. I just took a wire cutter and cut the wire to the light bulb of the check engine light. Right. I was picturing, I just put duct tape over the light. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just put a little piece of tape over the light. You can't see the light anymore, right? We're good to go. Mm -hmm. You want to get into that car. Or pay the guy. <laughs> or pay the guy, right? You wouldn't be so, you'd be like, no, 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 I can't get in this car. What, what if the engine falls out here, right? What what if right, I overheat on the highway, right? You you need to figure out what the problem is, not put a piece of duct tape over the light. <laughs> right? right. But that's what we're doing when we take an abortive. Mm. Right? We're putting a piece of duct tape over the check engine light and going, okay, yeah lights i don't see the light like do do you see a light i I, there's no light Mm -hmm. here we're good to go right so is when you take those meds i i don't know how the chemistry works but is it one of those that like inhibits the signaling of the neurons to your brain to tell you hey different medications they're going to interfere Mm -hmm. with the biochemistry and the physiology in different ways Mm -hmm. right but regardless that interference has taken place. That's the equivalent of putting that duct tape on the light. Mm, right. Okay. So we are going to still be in our migraine state until mm. the body comes out of it. Mm. Right. We just may or may not be aware of whether or not we're still in a migraine state. Do people often experience like, I'm not in head pain anymore and I don't have any auras, but I have other symptoms that are still sitting here. For sure. For sure. That they don't connect to the migraine. Well, yeah. Uh, These symptoms are frequently called a migraine hangover. Mm, Okay. So people will take, say, Imitrex. The pounding pain goes away. Yeah, but you know what? For a day, I still feel foggy. Oh, I still can't really eat anything. I just want to have toast. You know, oh, I went up a flight of stairs and I felt like I was going to pass out, right? Mm-hmm. We're still in the migraine state. The Imitrex was able to scramble the biochemistry enough where we're not feeling the pain of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then all of a sudden, right, might be three o'clock in the afternoon, might be the next morning, Oh, whoa, the clouds, the clouds lifted. I'm myself again, right? Mm-hmm. That's when we actually get out of the migraine, mm. right? Migraines are a flaring and remitting condition. Migraines are different than chronic pain conditions, like a fibromyalgia where my muscles hurt, my body hurts all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Migraine is a phenomenon that gets kicked off generates all these different symptoms and then recedes, remits. Mm-hmm. So when we are taking these abortive meds, no matter what they are, to us it feels like they took away the migraine. This is a false understanding. We are in a migraine until the remission occurs. 
the body mm. always puts the migraine in remission, not mm. the abortive medication. Mm. This is very yes. important for people to understand because yeah. when people take abortives and they feel that relief, they start to believe that they need something external to themselves to quote unquote, make the migraine go away. Mm -hmm. Right. People will say to me, my migraines never go away on their own. Mm. Right. Because their experience is they have to take something to make it go away. Our body is the only thing that makes the migraine go away. Mm. We are just using an abortive to scramble the signals and hopefully that scramble will last long enough until the body puts the migraine in remission. Hmm. That is such a huge mind shift mm -hmm. for most people. I would, I mean, including mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Yes. You yes. think that way. Yes. So, and, and people don't experience their body putting the migraine in remission, quote unquote, on its own, right? Because mm -hmm. they're always taking an abortive, mm -hmm. right? If I'm told, well, go ahead and take this at the first sign. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I did it. Oh, okay. Right. We never experience the body putting the migraine into remission. Because we have mm -hmm. this intervening medication that's scrambling the signals in the meantime. And so it mm -hmm. sets up this false experience that, yeah, you know what? I, I mean, these, these won't go away on their own. I need something external to me. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's how we experience it. Right. Right. So in a way, it's kind of like the ultimate placebo effect. <laughs> Right. Because, yes, it takes away the pain, but it still is the placebo is coming from like the pain goes away, but it's not actually changing the situation. So we believe it's happening, but it's not. You know, there's so much happening in our body that we have no conscious awareness of. Right. We have 30 mm -hmm. to 40 trillion cells. Mm -hmm. We have our consciousness Right? We have this mental and emotional side, consciousness aspect. I mean, we are so complex and we, right? It's like that iceberg, right? Picture of the iceberg, 10% above the water, 90% below mm -hmm. the water. Like that's, that's us, right? We have mm -hmm. such a limited conscious experience or awareness of what's actually going on, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for us to interpret what's going on incorrectly because this is what it feels like to us. Right. Right. So when we take abortive medication, when we put a piece of duct tape over our check on engine light, we're different than a car. Mm -hmm. A car is not alive. So if there's a low oil, Right? In the vehicle. And, and forgive me, I know nothing about cars. <laughs> yeah, we've really got to come up with uh, analogies that we know something about. <laughs> exactly. But if there's low oil, I'm laughing as I say this, you know, because I have no idea what I'm talking about. If there's low oil in the car and that signals the check engine light to turn on, 
right? It it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no consciousness to the car. The car is not alive, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when we put that piece of tape over our check engine light, when we scramble the biochemistry and the physiology to try to prevent the body from doing what it wants to do, mm-hmm. the body reacts. The body tries to do what it is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the body says, gosh, she's coming in here. She's tr- trying to thwart this. I need to make this migraine right now. Mm. That's why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So now I got to work harder to make this migraine happen. So the body generates more severe migraine symptoms. Our car can't do that. We are a living system. That's what we do. I'm giggling because if you ignore the check engine light long enough, it definitely will let you know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's going to, right. You don't have oil. Other things happen, right? It'll escalate for sure. Right. But again, the body is generating the migraine for a reason, not because Mm -hmm. we are defective. Right. It's generating it for a reason. We go in and try to shut that down. The body says, oh, no, don't thwart me. Now I got to work harder. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we take the medication, the symptoms will inevitably get worse. This is why medication stops working after a while, what we talked about on another podcast. Mm-hmm. This is why people get into a rebound situation. Right? What would have been maybe a one-day migraine if we hadn't taken any abortives, we take that abortive and the body says, well, gosh, okay, you're thwarting me here. Now I got to, I got to work even harder. I got to generate even more. Well, then when the medication wears off, the body might have gone into remission, but no, it has, it's even more ramped up. Now I got a second day of the migraine. Oh, well, okay. Migraine's here. Okay. Now the migraine's back. Now I got to take another abortive. Right. Now the body says, oh my goodness, I'm trying to get out. You know, I want to flare this. I want to remit it. Now you got a second day of scrambling my signals. Now I got to go again with this. Right. Right. So over time, the more and more we use medication, the body will generate more and more severe migraines. And then we have to take more and more medication. And then this is how we get into this rebound state. Mm-hmm. Right. When we take medication at the first sign of a migraine, our body starts to anticipate this. Mm-hmm. The body says, well, okay, I, I need to go into a migraine flare here. I know she's going to put Imitrex on board. So I really, I'm going to preemptively make this bad. <laughs> this is nice. where when pe- people say, gosh, if I leave my house without my Imitrex and I get a mm-hmm. migraine, it's going to be mm-hmm. horrendous. Mm-hmm. Well, because your body is anticipating you coming in and suppressing what it's trying to do. So now it's out of the gate working harder to make it more mm-hmm. severe. 
Right, and correct me if I'm wrong, on top of that, you're adding more metabolic waste that it needs to process. Right. I mean, the medication right now, this causes a whole host of downstream health deteriorating effects. Mm. Right. And everybody knows this. This is why people don't want to take medication because they know it's not good for them. Mm -hmm. Right. They're just taking it because they're desperate. Right. Right. So this is how we get into this rebound state. Because we're in a, what what develops, right? Then this can get into a daily cycle. Mm-hmm. This can get into a six-hour cycle with mm-hmm. Excedrin. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the body's like, okay, she put this on board. I got to fight it. The abortive scrambles the signals for a little period of time. But then as soon as it wears off, the body's right there. Right? Now mm-hmm. we need another mitt. So maybe a good question at this point would be like, instead of going cold turkey, what is the solution? So what I have found is that if we can start to restore the health, then I can help people actually wean down on their abortives and very gently get out of this rebound state. Mm. And this is something that a lot of doctors don't think is possible. Mm-hmm. I frankly, um, you know, when I started working exclusively with women with migraines over five years ago now, I was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, can I get people out of rebound without doing a cold turkey withdrawal? Because this is so much the standard approach. Mm -hmm. But what I have found is that when we start to make changes and we start to improve the health, the body will start to generate less and less severe migraines. Mm -hmm. And then people need to take less and less of that abortive medication and they will gently wean off of it. So what this looks like, say with a situation where somebody needs to take Excedrin every six hours, that's four times a day. Mm. Pretty common situation. Run into this a lot over the years. I'll use this as an example. Mm -hmm. So what will happen, right? The person is taking it every six hours and many times by hour five, they're starting to get in agony, but they know, you know what, I don't want to take this until hour six. So that last hour, I'm just going to have to tough it out until I hit the six hour mark. So what I'm looking for as we start to improve the health, Hey, you know what, this week I really wasn't in pain by that six hour point. Hmm. Right. So I have people continue to take, right. If they're taking Excedrin every six hours, Continue to take the Excedrin every six hours, but I'm looking for that little improvement. Yeah, you know what? I could actually make it to six hours without mm-hmm. being in agony. Normally, once hour five hits, whew, right? I'm, I'm in trouble. But yeah, I could make it to six hours this week, and I, I felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we've got an opportunity. Can we take the Excedrin every seven hours? Mm-hmm. If we can take an Excedrin every eight hours, we're only taking it three times a day instead of four times a day. That's a big improvement. That's a 25% improvement. Mm-hmm. 
right? So we get people to that point. Okay, instead of four Excedrin a day, I'm doing three. Perfect, okay? Same thing might happen. Yeah, when I get to seven and a half hours, yeah, ugh, I'm, I'm feeling it. And then I make it to eight, but I, I can get to eight. I definitely don't need six anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Now then, time is going to come, week or two. Yeah, you know what? I can make it to eight hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in agony. All right, great. Can we make it to nine, right? It's this way of doing things week over week. We can get people off of these medications. Recently worked with a woman uh, on rebound, both with Excedrin and Butabitol, which has a narcotic in it. Hmm. Okay. We had to get her out. First, we got her out of the Butabitol rebound. Mm -hmm. Then we got her out of the Excedrin rebound. Hmm. Okay, we have got to go medication. So, Mary, you know, you you were like, oh, people can be on four abortives. <laughs> people can be in rebound on more than one medication. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like, too, that this can be a process. Like, it's not overnight cold turkey, but it it can take weeks and weeks to get mm-hmm. to the point mm-hmm. where you're not needing it. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I don't know up front how quickly people are, people's bodies are going to respond. I usually have some sort of idea or prediction, but uh, there's no sort of um, magic way of determining this. Okay. Mm. Some people, I think they're, we're going to come out of this pretty easy. Yeah, it's a little more challenging. Other people I'm like, okay, like this particular client where she was in rebound on two medications. Mm. I was like, okay, <laughs> I got my work cut out for me here, right? This is going to be quite a journey here. And it was actually a lot easier for her than I thought it was going to be. Oh, wow. Okay. So it depends. It depends. But um, with this approach, like I say, I have been able to figure out a way of doing this so that people don't have to go through this horrible cold turkey withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it sounds awful, honestly. Yeah, it's horrible. Many, you know, if it gets bad enough, people are told that they need to go inpatient, right? This is why people go to these headache clinics, Mm -hmm. diamond headache clinic, things like that. You've got to pack up, leave your family and go inpatient because you're in rebound taking the medication that was prescribed to you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've worked with many people. They're considering, well, do I work with Dr. Leslie or do I go inpatient into a migraine clinic? Mm. which would you prefer? I mean, I just can't imagine that very many people can shut down their life and put everything on hold that long. Like, correct. I don't know about you, but I have way too much going on to just take a, you know, several week break. Yeah. To be able to do it at home and not be in agony. Mm -hmm. It's it's a, it's a real game changer for people for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm, it sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. So what do you think, Mary? Do you think we answered the questions here? Yeah, I hope so. I think it was, it is really interesting. And obviously I don't know that much about rebounds, but I would imagine everyone else learned just as much as I did today. <laughs> so good. Good. good yeah. I personally, I have never been in rebound um, because I refused to take the meds my doctor was prescribing. 
when I was 25, I was very confused as to why she was prescribing medication because I thought doctors figured out what was wrong and helped you fix it. So I have been fortunate in that I have never um, been in this rebound state myself, but I feel for my clients because Mm -hmm. they were only doing what they were told to do. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there are people out there that have issues with addiction and are not able to sort of keep themselves from taking the medication, not as prescribed. Okay. But for the most part, right. The overwhelming number of people have been taking the medication as prescribed and getting themselves into this rebound situation and then going back into the doctor and the doctor, you know, from what I've heard, a lot of times the doctors get kind of annoyed with people. Right. Right. Uh. Almost accuse, you know, an accusatory attitude, and then it's like, well, I just did what you told me. You told me to take this when I felt something coming on, right? So I really feel for people. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad I haven't had to go through a cold turkey medication withdrawal in my life, but I really, really feel for people that are going through this. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I can help people get off these meds, get out of rebound without going through a cold turkey withdrawal. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think I'm just blown away at the difference in approach by the medical field. Like, I don't know, we put so much trust in how it's done. And I'm not saying that I dislike doctors or nurses or any of them because they're wonderful people. But I am blown away by the different difference of approach in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when you go into the medical doctor, the mm-hmm. approach is to put the duct tape on the check engine light. Mm-hmm. The approach is not to, oh, okay, why is this person not in a state of health and what needs to be done here? It's not the approach. Mm-hmm. The Any medication that we are given is there to suppress the symptoms that the body is generating. That's Mm -hmm. the point of the medication. That's why the pharmaceutical company developed the medication. Mm -hmm. That's why they spend millions of dollars and decades trying to figure out the biochemistry and the physiology behind the symptom so that they can throw a monkey wrench in it. Mm hmm. So interesting, right? Hopefully, so, we'll get all of every, all of the medical and and nat- naturopathic people all on the same, you know, page one day. But <laughs> till then, until then, <laughs> until then, we will keep podcasting, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, truly, I've, nothing would make me happier for that to happen in my lifetime. But I'm not very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Well, I guess that it. You got me on my soapbox, Mary, which is uh, always a <laughs> always a delight, right? Love me, love my soapbox uh, tirades. So we can check the box on that one. <laughs> it's my job to get you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Talk to you soon. See ya. Well, wonderful. And thanks everybody for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. 
Um, and please, if you have somebody in your life who's suffering from chronic migraines, please share this information with them. Who could benefit from this information that we talked about today? Please share that on your social media or share it with your friends and loved ones who've been praying for this information. And if you want to stay connected with Mary and I, please join our free Facebook group. We have nearly 12,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life naturally. You can go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar ND in the search box on Facebook, or you can go to healingmigrainesnaturally.com and we will redirect you there. 